Hello everybody and welcome to Roleplay Chat. I'm Matt, a game master who cannot stop talking about role-playing games. In today's episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Sean and Shannon from Paradise Productions. We talk about a philosophy that Sean and Shannon have in their games about character death. It's an interesting topic of conversation and I'm really looking forward to dissecting it with you. Before we dive into the episode, though, I did wanted to give you a couple of heads up. The first heads up is that another one of my reviews is out and published. This review is for Blades in the Dark. If you wanted to know more about how the game runs and how the game feels and the different subsystems within it, I highly recommend going to check out that review on RPGmatch.com. I also wanted to give everybody a heads up that PAX Unplugged is on its way, and I am so excited to attend. Pax Unplugged takes place on the first weekend of December. It also happens to be my birthday weekend, so I'm pretty excited. I get to go down, drive down, and spend the weekend having fun playing games. If you also happen to be there, please let me know. Tweet at me. Go on Mastodon and talk to me there. Whatever whatever resource you have to reach out to me, please do so. I would love to say hello. And if you, Or if you see me you know, walking around playing Magic or, or buying a board game or something like that, please don't hesitate to say hi, tap me on the shoulder, and say hello. I also wanted to flag to everybody a really awesome Kickstarter that's going on right now. Derek Saunders, the host of the How Not to DM podcast, is teaming up with other talented creators in the tabletop RPG space to bring together his first ever Kickstarter. It is called Too Hot One Shot, and it's an adventure written for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons that combines eating spicy food with homebrew mechanics to really turn up the heat in your table. The project is going to be available to back on Kickstarter all the way until December 7th. You guys have a lot of time to go check it out, and it's already funded. I mean, I'm not surprised. Derek makes amazing content, and I'm not even the least bit surprised by how awesome Too Hot One Shot looks so go check it out and you know this isn't like a paid promotion or anything Derek is a friend of the show and and he has been a constant support for roleplay chat so Derek good luck I hope this little boost gets you a little further along in reaching some of your kickstarter goals I also wanted to take this opportunity to let folks know that I created a Mastodon account. So my my handle on Mastodon is the same as it was on Twitter and you know I'm still using Twitter also uh, the Mastodon handle is at roll underscore play underscore chat. And the instance that I'm on, the server I'm on, is the uh, Dice Camp server. So at so, so the whole thing altogether is at roll underscore play underscore chat at Dice Camp. Dice dot camp, rather. So yeah, go, go find me there if you want to. Like I said, I'm going to stick on Twitter for as long as, as long as I'm allowed to, I guess, as long as Twitter uh, doesn't implode. And I'm also on Instagram. I had an Instagram account for a pretty long time. I just haven't really been actively pushing it, but maybe now is a good time to let you know that you can go find me there also. That's again at roll underscore play underscore chat. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into today's conversation with Sean and Shannon about their philosophies vis-a-vis character death. I hope you enjoy it, and if you have questions, you can reach out to me on all those social media platforms I've just mentioned, or you can email me at contactroleplaychat at gmail.com. Cool. Two. Three. Five. Six. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roleplay Chat. I'm Matt, and I'm a game master who just can't stop talking about role-playing games. Today, I have a wonderful conversation teed up for you. It's going to be kind of the first of its kind for the podcast, where we're going to take uh, a game master philosophy statement and just dissect the hell out of it. So we're going to have a good time, I think, with that. Uh, but before I do that, obviously I need to introduce to you the people who are joining me to talk about it. So I have uh, two fantastic folks from the tabletop RPG space. The first is a crafter, writer, filmmaker, cartographer, voice actor, and the legendary game master and creative director for Paradise Productions, Sean. And the second is a unstoppable force of positivity in the tabletop RPG space, a performer, voice actor, cosplayer, educator, and the community manager and player 
for Paradise Productions, Shannon. Shannon and Sean, hello and welcome to Roleplay Chat. Hello. Hey there, thanks for having us. Yeah, very excited for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. Uh, before we get into that, why don't you guys introduce yourselves a little bit to the listeners. Uh, Shannon, I'm going to throw you the microphone first. Say hello, tell us about your projects, and, uh, <laughs> and tell us about how you like to play tabletop role-playing games. What's your preferred style of a game master or player and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Um, well, hello, I'm Shannon, sroby25 on all socials. Um, as Matt said, I am our community manager for Paradise Productions, as well as a cast member, uh, formerly known as Scarlet, the brooding red-headed rogue, but my campaign two character is currently underway and that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) (laughs) um i love to play broken characters i love emotions i love dark themes crying on stream is always my goal (laughs) which is like just the total opposite of my personality like i i love to to explore heavy themes and and emotional drama but at the same time i also really love to riff with my friends in the really funny moments i like i like a balance but my preference is for tragic backstories okay all the okay. way as sean can very well attest <laughs> i think there's a whole roleplay chat episode just about that creating broken characters i think that we could talk about that yeah. all day long too that's that's oh, fantastic absolutely yeah. yeah, love it. I love it. How about you yourself, Sean? Why don't you uh, say hello to the listeners and let us know a little bit about yourself and your your preferences when you play these games where we roll dice and read books? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. I'm Sean O'Donovan, creative director over at Paradise, as we said. Um, and yeah, we've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline in Paradise, um, stuff we're working on uh for new programming but also you know continuing the same old same old with a new campaign so what i'm currently working on is that campaign (laughs) as the dm (laughs) over there um but when it comes to tabletop role-playing games i really i think the thing that i come back to is always collaborative storytelling we're here to tell a story together that involves some uh some gaming elements um i think i'm one of the few Folks out there who's one of their favorite pillars of uh, tabletop is exploration, actually. I actually really enjoy like exploring the world. And uh, that's why when uh, anyone GMs for me, I'm always the one who's like, what's that person's name? And where was this location? And what's the history of this? Um, (laughs) uh, But I also like, uh, as much as I love storytelling, I am a big fan of mechanics as well. And um, the nitty gritty of designing mechanics. and um and yeah and even though combat is uh is the most nitty-gritty part i i like all of uh all of the uh the pillars but show me a dark forest and i'm gonna explore (laughs) (laughs) and uh, can i assume then that when you run your games you're 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 hoping for those kinds of questions and you're preparing yourself for them oh yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) over in paradise we have a a resident exploration buff as well our our buddy stefan he he uh he loves to explore the world. Um, so I always have someone who's going to ask me, and why was that rock put there? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look that like the right one. geographic location for this stone. <laughs> what brought it here? Yeah, I like that. Exactly. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to chatting to the two of you because I think that we have some similarities and differences in our in our styles. I mean, I'll, I'll say for your for your benefit that I too am somebody who's driven to telling compelling stories with my friends, like to riff off of each other's ideas and collaboratively create a space, a world, a narrative. I think that there's very few mediums outside of role-playing games that allow us to do that. So we might as well lean in to that uh, and, and, t- and like make the most of that particular side of the game. But I know there's a lot of people out there who think different. And I think the poll I ran this morning proves us that that's the case so i mean i'll get right into it there's a there's a kind of a thesis statement if we can call it that's not really a statement thesis and anyway um so <laughs> sean shannon we were engaging on twitter a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago and shannon you mentioned something saying that sean told you that your your D character would not die unless you were ready for them to die 
And that really Mm -hmm. made a whole bunch of like, not alarm bells ring, but I had a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts about that. (laughs) Yeah. So it it made me want to have this conversation. So that's why we're here today, listener. We're here today to talk about that exact statement. So I'll say it again. Your character should not die until you, the player, are ready for them to die. And yeah, so that's our statement. Maybe I'll, I'll pass the microphone over to Sean first to kind of get, make sure that I'm interpreting that right and that, you know, moving forward for the rest of this conversation, that that kind of foundation is laid. So did, did I say that right? Is that, is that, and it's your, it's your philosophy, correct me if I'm wrong? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it depends on, on the, uh, the player, but for the most part, you know, when you say um, your, your character won't die until you're ready for them to die, that means something completely different for everyone. Um, so like for some people that's like, Okay, they could die tomorrow. I don't care. Let's go. Let's go for it. I'm all in. And other people are like, all right, can we just kind of figure it out and talk about it and, and, and riff at it? So me as a DM, I typically just want. I don't like. I like the player to be involved in the character's death and end. And I think, you know, for today's purposes, like I think it's more interesting to talk specifically about it in the context of player death or character death. Character death. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, I think my philosophy would really be your character's story comes to an end when you are ready for it too because it could it doesn't always have to necessarily be death it could be something else mm-hmm. but I think for the mechanical discussion uh, character death is, is a very interesting more interesting for us to talk about okay so yeah let's restrict ourselves to that because I agree with you I think you know character retirement is definitely you know it's on the table it's happened to me before where you kind of walk off into the sunset and then maybe that character is an npc or something but yeah there's a lot more drama and a lot more intrigue and 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 potential if we talk about the character dying so let's stick with that shannon how about yourself do you have any caveats or thoughts um well i am not one to part nicely with my characters i'll say uh that particular comment or the philosophy was stemmed when scarlet died for the first time and i was just inconsolable Mm. um and so that i think that's sean's philosophy came from it's gonna be okay (laughs) Um, which i really appreciated because i wasn't ready for her story to be done um, you know, I made choices in that combat that led to it, and there was a lot of comments in the the uh, Twitter thread from earlier today that are like, you know, actions have consequences, and I'm like, all I'm all for that, but I also agree with a lot of people who are saying like, uh, the player and the DM should be involved in it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just come out of nowhere. Because if you're somebody like me who gets really attached to your characters, a death coming from out of left field is just, it's not fun. (laughs) Um, Especially, like, I needed to prepare myself for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And spoilers for people who haven't watched the finale, when Scarlet died for the second time, I chose it. You know, that was my, it was my choice. I was ready for her story to to be done. And it felt different than the first time. Yeah, so there yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. needs to be communication. It's key. And I know we talk about that literally in every aspect of this game, but it's it's so true. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I and so I want I want to tap into your emotion the first time Scarlet died for sure. But before we get to mm-hmm. that, maybe yes. we'll take this opportunity to say this blanket statement that yes, in all aspects of this game, especially true in character death, communication with your game master is important. Setting the tone in a session zero is super important, right? You, you don't want to blindside the people at your table with an extremely gruesome game where everyone's dying all the time. If that's not something that everybody agreed to. Or the opposite, you don't want to have a game where there are less consequences than somebody might expect. And they're coming into it hoping, you know, to, to feel those risks very and make and have them be very real. So I think it's uh, it's important to say that, and I'll I'll pass the microphone over to the two of you to add to that. But uh, once once we've said that, I think we can all agree that we'll move on to the more juicy bits. Um, Sean, why don't I pass it over to you? Anything to say about session zero or, or communication and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think um, I think you basically said it all. But I'll just add, um, you know, 
particularly when it comes to anything that has to do with consequences, you need to be on the same page as your game master because it's such a vast spectrum of what you're okay with and what you're expecting. And something that I saw somewhat in, in the thread on Twitter um, was like, it's also a continuous conversation. Like session zero set the tone, but sometimes you, you need to leave things open for um, conversations in, in the campaign as well, where things might slightly change here and there and you may have to adjust. That's well said. Yeah, for sure. You can never really fully anticipate what's going to happen, you know, five, 10, 20 games into it, like into it, into an adventure. Sometimes even if you went into it with a certain train of thought and a certain, certain position on things that will change uh, for players and game masters. So yeah, continuous check-ins are very important. Um, How about you, Shannon? Yeah, I, I agree. I, continuous check-ins are are so key and i'm very lucky to have the dm that i do because we talk all the time about you know checking in on on character on how i'm feeling about their story how he's feeling role-playing the various npcs in in my story because there's a lot of villainous ones because those are the story that i like to tell <laughs> and those are hard to those are hard to role-play so it's it's really important to 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 check in about the story but not but not just that also how everybody's doing as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think I think we're I think we're good, listener. I hope you know you you take that away from this conversation and don't come back at me on Twitter and be like, Yeah, but you gotta communicate. We said it. We said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's let's tap back into that story you were telling, Shannon, and, and let's dissect it even more. So I guess my let's first question is how did you feel when Scarlet died? Like, explain to us the emotions that went through you, and how, like, what your reaction was. How, how did how did the conversation with Sean initiate or happen or walk us through that yeah. whole that whole story? So the first time it happened was earlier this year, right? I think it was early. Like it was. Uh, way it was last. This was like- Probably last February last or March. It was, it was very early in, in season two. It was a two. while ago. Like 14 or 15 uh, okay. episodes Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that wasn't earlier this year? Nope. It's been no. a long year. Okay, mm-hmm. it's been a long <laughs> year. <laughs> so it was a while ago. Um, our party had uh, was in the midst of this uh, pretty epic combat with a cult. Um, and they had summoned uh, Bone Claws and scarlet uh decided that she was going to you know go be a tank and go up and fight because shannon likes to deal damage in combat uh and she made some choices that weren't great and she just she kept getting knocked down like was was prone and just couldn't get back up Mm. uh and when she was down and out of health the bone claw finished it finished the job uh, but I also, I remember in the moment thinking like, all right, I think I can handle it if Scarlet dies. I think I can, I think I can do that. So I messaged Sean on Discord while we were playing. It was like, if, if Scarlet dies here, I think I'll be okay. I wasn't okay. <laughs> it was not okay. I wasn't ready. I thought I was ready. I wasn't. It was not okay. Instant uh, regret, it, right? You're like, unsend, unsend the message. <laughs> instant. Yeah. And it was just... I, I, in the moment, I was like, what did I just do? Like, what do I do now? I feel so lost. I've poured so much of my heart and soul into this character. I feel like a piece of me is gone. And I wasn't, I thought I was ready for it. And I absolutely wasn't. Um, so, uh, Sean messaged me the next day and was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not good. <laughs> not doing good. And so we got on Discord <laughs> later that night to talk about uh continuing scarlet's story because that's where the quote came up that stuck with me like her story's not done till you say it is um so it's like okay thank you (laughs) and then we decided we didn't want to or we didn't want to bring her back right away so we did uh some character creation immediately (laughs) to to kind of like (laughs) to to stem the flow of Fill the void and stem the flow of tears. So Katya was born, who was 
so much fun to play and i'm so glad that we that like i got the chance to play it for a couple of months um she actually also died as well uh but was immediately resurrected by uh one of the other party members so that was okay uh, but that that was also because Shannon made some stupid combat choices, and then she learned <laughs> from her mistakes <laughs> eventually after two character deaths. Um, but yeah, so that that whole experience just told me that I need to take a little more time to think about when I'm ready for my characters to to die or for their story to be done, because. You know, I, I, it was really interesting what you said, Sean, that their story, like, doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're dead, but I guess I interpret it as their story's done, that means they're dead, mm. but it doesn't have to. That's how I, that's how I see it. But you're right. It doesn't have to be that. They could retire and go open a blacksmith shop and just, you know, spend their days working at the anvil. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an emotional roller coaster. Cool. That, that sounds I'm glad like it, it happened. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Sean, why don't you tell us your side of that story? So you have Shannon sending you a message saying, okay, kill kill Scarlet, and then immediate retraction of that. <laughs> how does how does that affect you as a game master? Mm-hmm. How does... And, and, and I'd like to know too, when was this philosophy kind of born? And did this particular instance maybe change your perspective on it or, or adapt the philosophy for you? So that's a good question. So to start off with just my my side of the story of when um, Scarlet went down. So it's interesting because, you know, even in that moment, like Scarlet wasn't, uh, it could have potentially resurrected her in the next session. Um, that was definitely a, a potential option. I don't believe they had what they needed, but there were some ways that they could have potentially done it. Um, it was the first time in the campaign that well, second time, I would say, that someone was dead with little to no resurrection options in the immediate play. Because they were on the road between towns. They didn't buy diamonds uh, before going on the road, <laughs> as, as players are wont to do. Um, but the um, when it happened, um, so I'm... I'm not usually actively thinking about it during combats of like, oh, you know, don't kill them because they may not want to die it's not really that's not really how it works it's more so if i'm always ready to have a conversation if they die um you know i don't hold back like an attack role because i think oh you know shannon doesn't like her characters to die so i'm gonna instead attack the other members of the party it never works that way it's not because i don't think that is a fair way to, to to do it it's more so if the circumstance comes up then the discussion is ha- happens where we decide what the character's ultimate fate is, because you can always make very simple retcons of they did not go fully unconscious, or the players, you know, pray to their god and something happens, or you bring the body into town and someone's able to bring them back to life. There's always a plot reason why a character doesn't have to die. The only time that really isn't an option is if the body is taken away or something like that, or they're captured. Um, and even then, you can find a way. Um, so I'm always ready for that conversation. The philosophy, though, wasn't born then. It was born many months earlier in the same campaign when another character died. <laughs> uh, for for someone who who stated, you know, your character dies when you're ready. I've killed a lot of characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's probably for it to form. Yeah. It, it, you know, you need to have experience doing it, I would imagine, right? It, mm-hmm. It's got to come from somewhere. But I killed uh, our, our, our other, our table mate, Stefan. I had killed his character, and it was a situation where straight up the character's soul got taken away from the body as well as soon as they died. So it was like an extra not going to get resurrected situation. Yeah, you're done. Um, and yeah. it's funny because Stefan has always been the player at the table who has always said to me every single session, and this is why a continuous conversation necessary is you can kill me. It's fine. Kill me. You can kill Kiran. It's totally fine. Don't care. I'm all for the more like, you know, the dice are, are God. And that conversation changed once his character died. Um, mm. I told him it's up to you. You know, you can we can end the story of this character here um, or at least their active participation in the campaign or we can we can move forward and figure out 
what the what the two things figure out what the actual consequences still are because even though i may i allow a, a player to be like all right i'm not ready for them to be, be dead there's some kind of consequence though still like whether it's the character it's a significant traumatic uh, effect on them story-wise or a sometimes mechanical effect um there's always some kind of consequence but they don't have to die if they don't want to so i had that conversation with them and that was my first experience with it where me and him talked it out and we're like this is what happens to the character um they it, the other thing that we did is um we set up the guidelines to how the character comes back um so we said these are this these are the stipulations where the character will come back that's where it was slightly different from the conversation with Shannon, where it was like, this is where the character can come back. Um, so it depends on the player. He was very in favor of like, this is the how. They have to beat this boss, they have to do this, and my character will come back. Similarly for Shannon, the story also had some tones of that. It was like, she cannot come back for a certain number of time, amount of time. There's story reasons why she comes back. Um, there's story reasons why they can't revivify her if they did find a way. Like there were, it's never just a conversation of, hey, I didn't want to die there. Okay, you're just alive. You're just back. Mm -hmm. it's, never, it's never like that. It's never that simple. It's always a, a conversation to make it not break immersion as much, I suppose, and to not feel like we have to just retcon everything. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And you know what? The, the more you guys explain this to me in this conversation, uh, the, the more intricate it all seems to become you know even even looking at that one simple statement it made me think of a lot of the consequences that that could have on a player on their their perspective on the kind of not plot armor plot armor is is the raw especially hearing kind of you know the more detailed explanation sean i think plot armor is definitely not the case but it, it certainly would still have an impact i think on a player's perspective and the way that they perceive risk in the game. So, and I mean, I agree with a lot of what you guys have been saying, to, to be completely honest, but I want to kind of dig as deep here as we can. So, totally. let's let's take kind of a, I'm going to take an adversarial position on <laughs> this here. And I'm going to say, you know, yeah, you bring, you, let's say you bring a character back, they have some of these consequences, but will things be the same for that player in the way that they perceive risk for their character, knowing that there's kind of an out. And I know, like you said, Sean, there, it's not an out. It's not a, it's not a full, okay, you're back, yeah. <laughs> have at it. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll pitch this to you first, Shannon. When that happened, when, when Scarlet came back, mm -hmm. did Shannon have a different perspective on like what you could and couldn't do in the game based on that and based on the conversations you've had with Sean? Did, did it... And, and was it better or worse? Like, was it for better or for worse? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a fun question. Um, so, short answer, yes. I, I, it, was, it was different to roleplay her when, when she came back. And that was because in the time that she was away, Sean and I did a lot of work behind the scenes. Like, we mm -hmm. played off-screen one-shots of her where she was during the time she was wasn't with the party she what what we with the story again spoilers for people who haven't watched or listened sorry um we decided that she was going to be reclaimed by the crimson court because up until that point we hadn't really done a lot of crimson court stuff which was a a, a pretty significant part of scarlet's backstory so we wanted to bring it in somehow and we thought this was a pretty good pretty good way to do it um so there there was a lot of a lot of role play and a lot of story things that happened with scarlet behind the scenes so she was a completely different person when she mm. came back um to the party uh she you know had been through a lot at the hands of the court and she had a mind controlling parasite in her brain so she wasn't in in control of herself um which was really interesting uh mechanic to play with uh as we continued the story made for some interesting moments but <laughs> it also let me kind of like think about 
it made me think about my choices, honestly, more, especially in combat, especially uh, story-wise, because Scarlet was kind of a, a loose cannon and did whatever she wanted and knew, like, she knew what she wanted to do and she was going to do it. And she had moments of moments of trusting the party and moments of being really selfish and uh, just s deciding I'm going to do this. I don't care who gets hurt or what happens. I need mm. to do this for myself. Um, so when she came back after, uh, after being away from the party, there was a lot more intentional role play. I'd say on my part, just like thinking about how is this going to affect the party? How is this going to affect, like, if I make this choice right now, if I choose to, you know, uh, we use the mind blank spell a lot, which uh, um, kept that parasite at bay and let Scarlet be in control of herself, but it had to be re-upped every 24 hours. And so she also wanted to communicate with her brother. And the only way she could do that was uh, telepathically or, mm. or, or um, through the dream spell. Uh, and she couldn't do that with mind blank on. So she had to make some choices and, and she often went against the uh, uh, warnings of her other party members. Um, so every time I would think that I wanted to do that, uh, I would, you know, kind of say, okay, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I don't yeah. do this, this will happen. So I was more intentional coming back. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> so it, it sounds to me then like, it, like whatever Sean impose not imposed but like the consequences that that sean and you worked out for scarlet yeah kind of worked out like it, oh, yeah. it kind of it, it's it it had an impact on the way yeah. you had to play absolutely scarlet and it was all forward. good story reasons too yeah like that's yeah. that's i'm all about like consequences that have story reasons or or actions or choices that have story reasons like it just it it made it makes sense and that's that's the way i like to play the game and I think cool. that's the way our table likes to play the game. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so you didn't, I guess, d did it make you fear death more or less? Um, I mean, I still don't like it when my characters die <laughs> because I put, you know, I, I, I spend so much time with them. And but at the same time, like now that it's happened, like I've gone through it once. So, like, I know what it feels like and mm -hmm. I know, like, I know what I need to do. Like if, if a character that's not at Sean's table, if they were to die, like I know because I've practiced, practiced in this space, you know, this safe space that we've all created. I, I know that communication is like, Hey, I wasn't ready for this. How can we make this? How can we, how can we fix it? I'm like totally fine with them dying, but let's, let's, you know, figure it out. So it feels good for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, Sean, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, there's a few things that I thought of while <laughs> while she's while she's telling while that story. I was rambling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the interesting thing about Scarlet's death was, you know, things. Um, one, another player felt terrible about it because they chose not to heal her before she was killed mm -hmm. and chose a different ability. Um, Stefan was was crushed by that. Um, and uh, so I thought that was interesting that they still felt that way. Um, but to go back to the heart of the question of did did she feel different playing afterwards about the consequences? Now, I think if I asked my players at the table, the Paradise table, I think I'd get different answers from them. I think there's some of them who felt some risk dissipate after watching two characters come back after dying. Um, and other players who maybe felt safer. Um, so... Um, you know, I think it's a mixed mixed bag. Um, interestingly, though, to point out, though, in our situation is that none of the character deaths that happened were really true deaths. A lot of them were situations where revivifies were pretty close by. Um, okay. And, it would have uh, been on the table. It would have been potential for them to come back without yeah. any intervention. From, um, which, granted, technically, that's the case for any character death. Because D&D, truthfully, if you look at the mechanics, it's actually very hard to kill players and keep really them down <laughs> um like it's really difficult to do it um and in a, in, a, in a way where it's like yep they're definitely not coming back um 
because there's resurrection spells uh, you know all over the place so rules is written it's hard to kill characters um most play people have homebrew rules for resurrection because they either want to add more risk or they want to take mm -hmm. away risk so i think that's something that's interesting to take into account here and for us you can argue that the consequences of coming back is worse than your character dying in some ways your character is a much you know takes a significant toll if it's story based um and you know i think if your characters you know if, if you're expecting your character to die frequently and often like that takes some risk out of it when i'm playing if i'm playing a game where it's like character death doesn't necessarily matter as much and it's like yeah a goblin could kill you mm -hmm. dead and, and roll a new character i'm like well then my characters don't matter as much and i'm just gonna make you know characters that don't matter that much and we're just not going to necessarily get into those character stories because they're not don't matter as much um which is a, is a completely valid way to play i was actually talking to step on the other day about it where we were talking about like yeah you know it is kind of nice to have a game where it's like it doesn't matter character's gonna die i'll make a new one we'll keep going like that's a way to play and sometimes that's great because it relieves the pressure of being like oh i'm telling a grand epic adventure it's like no i'm just just bob the barbarian and bob the barbarian is meant to die <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're 100 percent right um there's a couple of things that you said that i find really interesting uh the, the first one being how different players have different reactions to how they perceive risk at a table and i think that that probably is a true statement whether or not death is on the table you know what i mean like i think regardless of that circumstance they're going to perceive risk in a different way because of their maybe it's because of their investment in the character that they're playing or maybe it's just like the way they are as people some people are more yeah. risk averse than others i know i am incredibly risk averse in real life so when i play a game i tend to be more apt to take risk because i want to get a taste of what that feels like in a, in a fictional in a fictional space Same. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah so for me character death is definitely something that i want in my games and it's something that i want my characters to like i want that risk to to exist but i had a similar experience where one of my characters who's been my character in an, in an ongoing game now for almost five years and he almost died and I came to terms, I had to, I had to like live come to terms with the fact that he, he could be dying. And I'm, I'm a big believer that character death ought to be a dramatic moment. And I mean, I guess it's always going to be dramatic. But if, if your character is dying from like a spear flying across the room and they die that way from like a minion or something, that doesn't feel as good as if they die trying to save another party member or they die, you know, rushing in and, and, and taking down the big bad but at the cost of their own life so that was something that i tried to do in that moment i was like you know what if my character is going to die here they're going to die with a bang let's do something really really cool um and we were playing in like this weird mix between fate core and warhammer fantasy and in warhammer magic has a cost magic can corrupt you i was playing a, an astromancer so a wizard who could see the future basically and I chose to try to teleport my friends out of danger instead of me. And my, my game master was like, you can't, like, you technically you can't teleport, like, three people. At, you're not good enough to do that. But you know what? Like, and make <laughs> yeah. it happen at a cost. Yeah. And I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. Like, if I'm going to die anyway, let's yeah. do it. He I didn't see. die. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm still dealing with that. But yeah. uh, anyway, it was a good time. That's that's what makes for me. That's what a, a quality that I really admire in DMs and GMs is like. You know, technically this wouldn't work, but you know, let's find a way to make it work. You know, rule of cool. I, I I'm yeah. a big big fan of rule of cool, especially and, in the case of you know exactly. a potential yes. character death. Like you're gonna potentially kill my character off. Let me have my moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And I think that yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I I mean. I don't want to get too much into mechanics here because I tend to like focusing on roleplay yeah. and, and the narrative, but it, it begs the question of, or to me anyway, it begs the question of, is deciding character death something that ought to be decided by the players and the game master at a table? Or is it maybe more of a decision that the system you're playing ought to 
be the thing to decide for you, right? Because I'm sure if you were to ask somebody who's playing 10 Candles or somebody who's playing Call yeah. of Cthulhu, you, you know what I mean? Like, character death is totally on the table. Mm-hmm. Odds are it's going to happen. Yeah. It's like, I, well, I was playing, like, a solo Call of Cthulhu game, which is basically like a choose-your-own-adventure game, <laughs> and my character died three times before I made it to the end. Like, it, it encouraged you to try again. It was like, yeah. come on, yeah. like, you didn't beat it. Try again. And yeah, I yeah, yeah, died yeah. again. And it was like, okay, I, I can get the flavor of this game now. <laughs> yeah. That's um, interesting. Because the, in those types of games, like, death is expected. Even, like, But at the same time, it's expected in D&D as well. But I guess not so much. You know, it's it's yeah. yeah. I think it and the mechanics in D anD D come to support this heroic yeah. type of play, yeah. where you have death saves, you have resurrection spells at the ready. Right. Whereas a game like Call of Cthulhu, you have like a sanity score, and the more you lose sanity, the easier it is to lose it yeah. continuously, and it's mm-hmm. like this downward spiral where your character will more likely go insane and disappear mm-hmm. than than actually. I mean, actually, they could also get killed by like a sea yeah, monster yeah. Or something. Sure. <laughs> the tentacle <laughs> monster um interesting you mentioned there though i think is a good one to mention is 10 candles because it is the actual purpose of the game is every character mm-hmm. dies mm-hmm. Like, it's not a question it's that's how the game ends it doesn't end right. until every character dies um and that's a game like completely where it's built in like you know mm-hmm. it, if you're someone who's a bit squeamish about character death maybe that's a good practice ground for for character death um, um but you also make that character that day that second, right. you make it right away, right in that game. Um, and there's, I, I think in a perfect world, the the system should dictate the terms of death mm-hmm. in the game because, uh, you know, all of this is homebrew. It's all, all of us table rolling it where it's like, these are our table rolls around death in the game because we, um, the system's version of death is not satisfying for us, you know, because baseline D&D, Unless you're just playing it like a video game, like the death system is very undramatic. Um, yeah. It's you know the 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 sheer powerfulness of being able to resurrect is is very undramatic. Vivify is always there, not that costly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with with just rolling death saves. Even if you, yeah. even yeah. if you take out re- like resurrection off, it's off the table. I don't want my character to die because I failed in a death save three times. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it feels so meh. Exactly. I just I remember actually I just just had a, a memory. Sean and I played a a game a while ago. It was like one of the very first um, podcast games that we did, and the DM uh, oh, yeah. rolled our death saves for us and didn't tell us if we if if we had hmm. succeeded or failed, but gave us a little like a really really short vignette, and we could you know, interpret based on what it was, whether we had one fail or one success. And I really liked that. I enjoyed that I a lot really, too. I really, really liked that. And it, it, and he tied it to the character's story as well. So cool. it was, I, I, that was, that was real, a yeah. really cool mechanic that I hadn't seen. I mean, we had also just started playing D and D, but I haven't seen that since. Yeah. It's, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I may, I might adopt that. Uh, to a certain degree uh cool all right so mechanics i think we agree that mechanics have a role to play here for sure mm-hmm. um i i did see a comment in the twitter poll and actually i would i would I'll, I'll be upset with myself if i don't go over the results of the poll so i'll yeah. really quickly go over those just go to just to kind of give the listeners a sense of where kind of the audience of roleplay chat sits on this kind of topic so I asked if people agreed, disagreed, or if they thought this philosophy depended on a situation or an outcome. And 19% of people, or nearly 20% of people agreed with it. Nearly 49% of people disagreed with it. And nearly 32% of people said it depends. And I think people that say it depends are also saying they agree with it, or at least that's my uh, <laughs> that's my perspective on yeah. it. But... Um, Anyway, I thought it was an interesting breakdown, especially to see that about half, you know, it's about 50-50, about half the people agree and about half the people disagree, which I don't know what I was expecting, but I guess that makes sense that half, half, anyway. um, And there was one comment that stood out to me as something that I wanted to dissect with you. And it was, it kind of talked about normalizing death Mm. in a game. And I, I guess I wanted to 
pitch that to the two of you. I have some thoughts about what that means, but I wanted to throw it to you. And maybe, Sean, I'll start with you. When I say normalizing death of characters in a role-playing game, what does that, what does that sound like to you? And, and what do you think some of the consequences of that might be? Yeah, so I think um, there's a few things to think about there. Um, one, I mean, for all of this, you know, ultimately, like, there's a, there's a slight skew in how we are running this because we're also running a streamed game with an audience mm-hmm. and an overarching story. Somewhat somewhat different. Um, but, you know, generally I would run my home games this way as well. This part. And I think the idea of normalizing death in role-playing is interesting. I think it's, uh, for a lot of people, it is a strong, powerful tool to explore concepts that in a safe place outside of, um, you know, the real world. Um, so mm-hmm. if they want to explore... Uh, mourning and loss um i think it is very a good thing to normalize characters dying the game um i think the um you know the, some folks it's it's a heroic hero fantasy you don't want to die and and that's and that's that's perhaps can be a problem sometimes you know if a character gets really upset about being hit too many times by an enemy or something but normalizing death, I think there's a place for it in, in TTRPGs. But I also think there's equally a place for people who don't want to deal with that type of heavy thing in their game. They yeah. want to be safe in, in knowing that it's going to be a game where they don't have to worry about that particular issue. Um, so it's an interesting way to put it, normalizing death. Because um, I, I sympathize with it and I agree somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot more to that. I'm, that I'm kind of, I'm feel like I need to hear more perspectives on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that I know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic because, like you're saying, if you don't want to deal with those emotions or you don't want to deal with that kind of topic in your game, then normalizing death is not something you want to be doing. But but for me personally, I think that having the ability to deal with these kinds of emotions. Are beneficial to would be beneficial to me personally mm-hmm. but also i think we're talking about dr- drama and we're talking about telling the best narrative possible with our friends but if we never have to overcome what is potentially the most dramatic thing that could happen in a game is the is the loss of one of the party members you're never going to get better at at Mm-hmm. weaving a story that comes from it so to me that was kind of the perspective i was getting out of this was you know if you don't have character death in a game and i've run games for a long time and i have only killed a handful of characters uh in in the or me you know characters have died at my table only a handful of times and i feel like as a game master i'm not good at dealing with it and i don't think my players are very good at dealing with it and if we had the ability to normalize it maybe they would like I don't know, come up with backup characters or they would weave their stories in a way where they kind of foreshadowed and told their objectives more frequently so that if a character died, the other characters could pick up their torch on their behalf or things like this where just because the character's gone, like you're saying, the story doesn't have to end, but the character doesn't ever have to come back. The story could keep on moving because you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. Uh, Shannon, how about how about you? Yeah. How do you feel about this? We have this running joke where Shannon doesn't make backup characters because she refuses to <laughs> let her characters die. Um, but it was interesting, Sean, what you said about having a space to explore those kinds of themes because that's that's honestly that's how I play a lot, and not mm-hmm. necessarily with death, but with a lot of mental health stuff. I use D and D to safely explore a lot of those emotions, um, and it's really cathartic for me. And it's it's honestly it's healing, and it, it, to be able to experience those emotions in a safe environment and i completely agree with what you were saying if you know death is triggering for you then don't have it at your Mm -hmm. table of course um but if that's something you're you want to explore or you know this really goes for any Mm -hmm. kind of heavy topic or heavy theme like go for it and and know that you have a safe space to do it and 
uh, checking in not only with your DM, but with the other players at the table yeah. um, as well to be like, uh, and this is something I wish I had done for uh, Scarlet, the second time Scarlet died, because I decided she's not coming out of the finale. About I, mm-hmm. I didn't go into the finale thinking that yeah. either. But that was a situation you, where, you smile, like, you smile well, well, because it's a, it's funny because it's a situation where I think, like, under the right circumstances, Scarlet didn't have to die. Um, oh, absolutely, she did. You know, there, she very um, easily could have gotten out of that very, very easily. Mm-hmm. I, but it was your decision was, to make that happen, right? Exactly, it was. It, was, it yeah. was, and it it made sense with her story. At, at least to me, it made sense for their story. And like, when it came down to it, Scarlet was a selfish character. And so she, I think what she did was she did it for her and her and her brother. Um, it, but she very eas- easily could have gotten out of it. She could have left her brother there. She could have tried to drag him out. She could have done a number of things, um, but she didn't. She f- had felt that she had broken her promise to him once and wasn't going to break it again. And so she decided yeah. to die with him in the final battle. Um, and, but I, what I didn't do and I wish I had done, and we talked about this as a table, is I didn't tell the other players when I made that decision. I didn't put it in the mm-hmm. chat. And I wish I did because they were all trying to, to get her out. Yeah, and that's I, a very good point. I didn't, I didn't want them to get her out. And I was thinking about it after the fact and I asked them, I was like, would that have been helpful if if I had told you when I decided she's dying, like, it's just, just to leave it? Uh, and a couple of them said yes. A couple of them said, you know, this it was really obvious <laughs> what you were trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, it all goes back to communication. Well, that brings up some interesting points, um, you know, with, with telling your other players. Because, so, like, my... my uh, you know, original craft and heart and joy is filmmaking and narrative storytelling and, and genre. So I approach a lot of this in that way. As I approach talking to the players as a GM, like a director, talking to actors, um, mm. and um, you know that idea of scene partners in that sense, um, and what knowing what because the thing is D and D is so um, crunchy to certain people that like they don't view that as a moment, a narrative beat. They view it as how do we win. Yeah. Um, and that's a different way to play. And if you're playing How Do I Win D&D, it makes a lot more sense for character death to be normal and uh, a, a part of, of your experience with it because it's it's more of a game. Um, even though in games, you d- character doesn't really die in games. Um, you just go to your uh, spawn point. Um, <laughs> uh, D- it's actually interesting that tabletop is unique in that way and that your characters actually die. Um, potentially versus video games um okay i'm I'm looking at the time and i want to make sure that we have uh, the opportunity to have kind of conclude this conversation so before before i get to all of that fun stuff i kind of wanted to pass the microphone over to either of you or to both of you and see if you had any final thoughts parting words with regards to character death with regards to applying this philosophy of a character doesn't die unless the player is ready for them to die. Um, and I'll, I'll start with you, Shannon. Any last thoughts or parting words? I mean, we, we covered a lot of it. And it, this was such a good conversation. And I, you know, I, I like talking about things like this because it, it helps me be a better role player. It helps me, you know, think about you know other people's choices at the table like who i'm playing with what they might be thinking um and yeah i know we've said it a million and one times but it all comes down to communication and at least for me the more time and effort you put into a character the harder their death is going to be and that's Mm -hmm. where the communication part comes in and making sure that you feel like your character their story be that death be that retiring as an adventurer whatever that is is satisfying to you as the person who created them um and yeah i think i'll leave it there yeah i think that's great and i mean i know i was saying i was wrapping things up but you said something really interesting there um and i don't know if i if i should let it go or if don't I let should, it go what, it, what was it go going. for it okay so <laughs> i i think there there's something to be said about 
this closure, right? Like as a player, mm-hmm. we want to finish what our characters are, are setting out to do. And I think to play the devil's advocate, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge listeners to maybe accept that to not happen. Sometimes your character might not get the opportunity to finish what they're, what they've set out to do. And I think what might make that sting a little bit less, especially if it's a character that you've been playing for a really long time is try to seed what that character is trying to do, make it real for everybody at the table. And I think that, because because you, you also said something, Shanna, that I thought was really neat, was that the longer you play a character, the harder it is the harder it is to see them go. So but by virtue of the amount of time you've spent with this character, it should almost be the op- like I think it could be the opposite. It's possible that it's the opposite because you've had such a big opportunity to tell this character's story and where the story should be going and where the character wants to be going mm-hmm. that if they disappear you've at least planted the right seeds. You've made the connections with NPCs. You've you've bonded with the other members of the party. I, I don't know. I, I think that... I, I mean, Matt agrees yeah. with you, but I also want to challenge yeah, people totally. listening to think that maybe there's another side to that coin that could yeah, be Yeah, well, in that sense, it's like you... It's a matter of if you feel like they've done everything that that you meant for them to do. Yeah. And I... I don't know that I don't know that that Scarlet did everything that she set out to do, but I still got closure. I, I got closure mm-hmm. at the end of her her story and I, I I'd have to think about it a little more to to really understand <laughs> why for sure. I, I feel like she had closure because there were still things that she could have done um, or could have tried to tried to do but I don't know. I have no other yeah. explanation other than it felt right. I went with my gut. Yeah, and I think that's important, right? Like, you don't want it to feel yeah. wrong at the very least. Um, yeah, all right, Sean, over to you. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I... No, I, I love, love it. it. Because that um, gave me something to, to, to add to my conclusion. <laughs> so, um, that, what you just described there um, is how I play when I'm a player. Um, like which I don't get to do that often. So like, I forget that I can talk about things as a player also sometimes, (laughs) but like when I'm playing a character, the longer that character's alive, the more I want them to die Um, because of exactly what you said. And that like, I I want that there's a catharsis to seeing, you know, the seeds you plant carried on in other characters. Mm -hmm. Like if you constantly talked about X or, or even just like, um, you know, another character in our game died, but their, their, again, their character had a difference that just changed the trajectory of their character's story. But they brought all of their, you know, belongings back to their family. They um, did all these other things that, that like, were really touching to see um, in the game. And I think, you know, when I play, I want, if I my character dies because an arrow flies through his eyeballs and it's random and he's just, and then he's dead, I'm, in my head, I'm like, dead and um you know i i'm for as much as i'm you know spouting this philosophy i'm very much a player that kill my character whenever um i'm sure there's like potentially a table where it's like my character would die and this is that wasn't right that felt very wrong like you were saying um but overall just to kind of conclude everything again the big thing with this is why are you playing the game are you playing it in in a way where death is is meant to be frequent um what do you want out of character death do you want it just as a consequence or do you want it to be impactful in a story way you know it really depends on what you like about ttrpgs do you like exclusively just combat mechanics then death is the logical um uh punishment for for failing those mechanics um and but if you're playing for story death might not always be the best story beat um, it might be disappointing, um, which, you know, real life is that way. And if you're trying to emulate real life. There you go. So the way you approach death in your game is entirely based on not not necessarily just your table, which is important, as we keep saying, but what kind of game you want to play. Um, and what are you there for? What do you come every week or every other week or every month do? Um, and just, I think, encourage all GMs to be open about it open to a conversation with their 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 players once their character has died even if you've agreed death is a, fin- a final thing in the game 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ultimately, you know, it's all storytelling. And, you know, if that uh, feels right, it feels right. If it feels wrong, talk about it. Well said. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, very well said. Um, so with, with those two wonderful closing remarks, I'll add a few little tidbits of things that maybe we talked about today. Uh, so kind of some big takeaways. You know, we, we obviously we talked about where this philosophy came from, and I think it, it kind of was born from character deaths where the players felt that perhaps their characters had more to give and it didn't feel right. So I think that that's a, a good context to have when we consider whether or not a character should be dying or shouldn't be dying. Um, I, I think we also talked a little bit about how the story lives on despite a character, despite a character not, and then perhaps giving them the opportunity to come back. Uh, Sean, you mentioned consequences and how just because a character is coming back it doesn't mean that you have to remove the consequences of that character's death by imposing narrative or mechanical kind of limitations onto the character upon their return. So that could be something that would be worth exploring. Uh, we also talked about whether or not risk becomes is perceived differently when when somebody does get resurrected or somebody does kind of come back into the game and I think that our, our conclusion there was it depends on the players it depends on the table I think as most things do but especially true in this case right seeing another character come back might alter a different character's a different player's perception on the risks that are being presented in the game we talked a little bit about normalizing death and what that might mean I thought that was an interesting conversation for people who are willing and uh, want to explore the feelings associated with death at their table. We talked a little bit about mechanics and how certain games expect death more than others and how perhaps uh, people playing those games come in with different expectations based on the games that they're playing. So something to explore. And then I think we talked a little bit about kind of the differences in an actual play and a home game and how actors might tackle character death in a different way. Am I forgetting anything, guys? I think that's most that's, of it. That's I think a I great, did the rest. great summary. It feels like it all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So then with that, I'll pass the microphone back over to the two of you. Uh, why don't you let people listening know where they can find you, where they can find your projects, when they can listen to the next uh, the next run of Paradise Productions, the next big adventure, all that all that good stuff. Shannon, I'll throw this to you. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Matt, for this uh, hosting this awesome conversation. Uh, really thank appreciate you. it. Uh, I'm Shannon from Paradise Productions. I am our community manager as well as a cast member. Uh, formerly known as Scarlet, the brooding redhead, redheaded rogue. Uh, as we've discussed, she is no longer with us. Always in my heart. Uh, but my campaign two character is underway, uh, and we're looking to start that in early 2023. So campaign two of Advantage in Paradise will be coming to your screens uh, at some point <laughs> in early 2023. Uh, we are also looking to have a three or four shots uh in december on our channel uh just to get some some more eyes on some more creators before we kick up again um sean will stream uh his relaxing in paradise which i'll let him talk about because it's his stream um yeah you can find me at uh at sroby25 on all socials at paradise pro on twitter and paradise prod on instagram and twitch Yay! <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I, I'm. I, this conversation was everything I expected it to be Yay. and more. So I'm really glad we got to have it. Uh, Sean, how about yourself? Why don't you? Yeah. Let us know where we can find you. Uh, well, thank you for having us. This was a, a joy and very always fun to talk about TTRPG philosophy and stuff. Uh, cool people. Um, but I am Sean. Uh, you can find me on all socials at Odo underscore Sean S E A N. Um, and of course at Paradise Productions where I am the creative director. Um, like Shannon said, we are working on um, 
uh, campaign two, but we're also working on getting some new faces and new voices onto Paradise with uh, some short-term series that we're also going to continue doing in 2023, trying to do diversify our, our um, projects, um, bringing more, more folks on board um, and giving people, sharing our platform with folks who want a stage to, to tell their stories. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've, I, on Wednesdays, um, typically I will stream a variety stream where it'll be a little bit of gaming and a little bit of prep for campaign two. So tomorrow night I will be streaming where I'm going to be actually doing uh, map making. I'm going to be drawing a, a, a map for the next campaign. I bought a projector. I'm going to project a, a, a image on the wall this of a previous, no uh, a previous, like, like with like a, like a laminated sheet or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. School. Basically. Cause I have oh, an old map and I'm like, okay, well I need to draw this part of that map, but it needs to be much bigger. Ah, cool. Project it and oh, trace yeah, it and then draw the details onto it. Very cool. Um, I also do, uh, I paint minis on that. I have a 3d printer that the lovely cast bought me as a end of campaign gift. Um, that I'm going to be printing a bunch of minis for campaign two on. Um, and, and yeah, and, you know, DMs out there, I encourage you to come up with new and more interesting consequences than just death. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Shannon. Everybody listening, please do yourself a favor and go go catch all of the content that Par Paradise Productions creates. It's all fantastic. And I, you didn't talk about relaxing in paradise. Was that oh, your Sunday? Oh, that's, that, Sunday that's thing. the power I've, hour. The Sean and Shannon yeah. power, well, the power hour. The power hour. <laughs> yes, that that's will awesome return too. with the with new campaign, campaign starting. That's where we, we, <laughs> we bully each other for an hour and usually yeah, recap yeah, the exactly. session. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is. It really is. So, yeah, I hope folks, you know, I hope listening to today's episode gave you some insights on the amazing dramatics that happened in uh, in Sean's adventures. But uh, yeah, so go give them, a, go check them out. If you guys had questions or thoughts that you wanted to share with me, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. That's roll underscore play underscore chat, or you can email me if you don't want to be limited to a character limit, which always infuriates me. Uh, you can email me at contact roleplaychat at gmail dot com. With that, with that said, I think we can uh, call this a chat. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Thanks Janet. Thank you so much. See you guys. Bye. I don't know why I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs>